Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. It is great to have you with me. Listen, history is being made this very week in which I'm speaking, so I'm going to dive right in and talk about what is happening. I am recording this on Friday, December the 3rd, 2021, and as I speak, not as I speak, but during this week, the Supreme Court of the United States is reconsidering a nearly 50-year history of its own ruling on abortion. I want to track that a little bit in this podcast, and I want you to pay attention to what's happening because whatever the ruling in the case I'm about to describe The Supreme Court is about to make history on the issue of abortion, which is of great concern to most Americans and certainly those who listen to this podcast. Now, let's let's drop back in history just a little bit. All of us know that in 1973, the Supreme Court ruled in a case that arose out of Texas called Roe v. Wade. You've certainly heard those words, and I don't need to go into all the details of the case and exactly what the terms and situations were in Texas, but here's the bottom line. In Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court of the United States made abortion a fundamental right of citizenship in the United States. They said it was protected under the 14th Amendment. Uh, They said that it was drawn from a right to privacy. You've heard me mock before uh, one of the justices saying that The abortion ruling, the ruling in Roe v. Wade, came from the emanations of the penumbras of the law. (laughs) That's how vague uh, some of the reasoning was in Roe v. Wade. It's one of the most criticized Supreme Court decisions in history. And that, that language, the emanations of the penumbras of the law, that's like saying the spirit of the law. It's like saying, you know, the aura of the law. They, they were grappling, grasping for language because they were making a ruling that didn't make a lot of sense. So what happened in Roe v. Wade 1973 is that about 35 state laws uh, that restricted abortion in some way were overturned. And the Supreme Court established abortion as a fundamental right at sort of the federal level, the national level, under the 14th Amendment, drawn from the right to privacy, which, by the way, in its original mention in the Constitution, was all about illegal searches and seizures and British troops having, you know, gone into the houses of colonists and things like that. That was the recent memory. Nevertheless, here's the important thing. 1973, Roe v. Wade establishes abortion as a right of American citizenship. Now, excuse me, one of the uh, most criticized aspects of that law is that the court divided a pregnancy into trimesters and said that the state's or the government did not have the right to restrict abortion in the first trimester. Well, since Roe v. Wade, there's been a great deal of criticism of that trimester 
um, interpretation or, or structure because medically a trimester is not really that relevant in a pregnancy. And that's the medical people themselves telling us this. So this was the Supreme Court uh, really trying to do medicine when it's, that's not its job. So keep in mind that Roe v. Wade established or or based its ruling in large part on dividing a nine-month pregnancy into three three three-month terms, a trimester, which is not at all uh, consistent with what we now know medically about pregnancies, okay? Now, there was another case in 1992 uh, called Casey, And in Casey, without again getting into all the details, this case arose out of Pennsylvania. Um, The court basically upheld the basic ruling in Roe, Roe v. Wade, that said that abortion was a fundamental right of citizenship in the United States. And so there's a a Latin phrase that describes an approach to law, especially with the Supreme Court. It's called stare decisis, and it means to respect the precedent to respect the ruling of the court previously. And that's what the court did in 1992. It respected the previous ruling in Roe v. Wade in 1973, and it upheld the fundamental ruling of Roe, which is, again, that abortion is a fundamental right of citizenship. However, the court got rid of this idea of trimesters, it kind of blew that away. And instead, it went with a doctrine of viability. Hold on to that word, viability. That the as soon as a fetus is viable, can live outside the womb, that's when, of course, the state uh, has a right to protect it. Prior to that, it does not. So I want you to consider now that in this Casey decision, 1992, the Supreme Court, again, messing in medical matters, said that when a fetus is is viable, able to live outside the womb, then the state had the obligation to protect it, but not prior. Now, I'm just going to put a little parentheses in here and say that this causes all kinds of problems because we have handicapped people in our world. Uh, we have elderly people in our world who are not, uh, according to this doctrine, viable. They can't exist without aid. They can't exist without support. And so uh, at that point, are they, are, are, can they be, you understand that if you can abort a fetus that's not yet viable, what, what about the 80-year-old who can't exist without, without external support? Uh, can they also be terminated? So this raised more questions. But nevertheless, the two Supreme Court rulings in the United States that support abortion are Roe and Casey. If you just, if you just remember these, these Supreme Court cases by, their, by one word, <clears throat> excuse me, then uh, it'll be easy for you. So Roe, 1973, Casey, 1992. Now, what's happening right now is that the Supreme Court is considering a case we'll just call Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S, Dobbs, arising out of Mississippi. And what Mississippi, what the Mississippi legislature did was it said essentially that there can be uh, no abortion after 15 weeks, no abortion after 15 weeks. Well, this decision, this law passed by the Mississippi State Legislature challenges, of course, Casey with its viability ruling. 
its viability mode of understanding and, and basis of law, and certainly, of course, challenges Roe. So for the first time, we have a case coming out of a state that directly challenges the Supreme Court's own ruling on abortion. And the, what's interesting, as all of us know, is because there have been so many conservatives appointed to the Supreme Court, three during the Trump years, for example, there is now essentially a six to three conservative to liberal breakdown of the Supreme Court. So you have a conservative court, you have six justices who have in some way spoken against abortion and the way the abortion has been legalized in America in times past, and uh, you now have a case perfectly arising out of Mississippi that directly challenges the viability ruling in Casey and certainly, of course, the discarded trimester approach of Roe. So remember now, Dobbs, a case coming out of Mississippi that essentially uh, forbids abortion after 15 weeks, uh, pretty radical and, and not at all aligned with the viability approach of the Casey decision, is now before the Supreme Court. They've already heard arguments. Uh, they're already thinking it through. Now, <clears throat> I need to say that abortion is something that really fascinates me, not just because I'm a Christian and I am pro-life, but I'm intrigued by the fact that so many in our present society seem to be so unbelievably callous when it comes to abortion. I'll come back to the issue of what the court's doing this week in a moment. But uh, I, I was, you know, I'm not with Mr. Obama, Barack Obama, on most of his politics, but I consider him to fundamentally be a good and a compassionate man. But I'll tell you that when he was a state senator in Illinois, he was outspoken for what's called partial birth abortion. And it pretty much means what it says. And I'm going to be graphic here for a minute. Uh, the, the fetus is part, the baby, really, the human being, is partially drawn out of the birth canal. It's partially born. So not to be gross, but the head is still inside the birth canal often. Um, or, or part of the body is. And when the, when the partial birth happens, that's when the baby is terminated. That's the kind clinical word for killed. Mr. Obama, an otherwise compassionate man, was outspoken in favor of partial birth abortion, as gross and terrible as it is. And there were literally repentant nurses from abortion clinics who said it's ghastly and it should not be allowed in this country. In testimony before Mr. Obama, but he was outspoken for it absolutely for it. I bring that up, not just to pick on Mr. Obama, but because um, Justice Sotomayor, our current female Supreme Court justice, delighted that we have women on the Supreme Court, delighted that we have this woman who's Hispanic. Um, but I, of course, I don't agree with much of what she rules and particularly when it comes to abortion. She literally said, this is, this is, this is what I'm trying to, to expo expose, is the way that otherwise civilized people become almost barbarians when it comes to this issue of abortion. In testimony this week, she literally said the words, fetal pain do not necessarily indicate life. <laughs> now, come on. This is how barbaric this has become. This is a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court and where she's arguing and positioning she's very pro-abortion. She literally says fetal pain does not necessarily indicate life. In other words, she's arguing against uh, human life existing at a certain point 
in the pregnancy, dealing with this 15-week standard that the Mississippi legislature has put into law. And she's saying, yeah, I recognize it might feel pain, but that doesn't mean it's alive. Think about the barbarism of that statement. And so this is what's going on in America today. And I know I've given a quick overview, but you can Google this stuff and read some summary articles. And so the Supreme Court is either going to deny or uphold the Mississippi law, which we'll call by the one word Dobbs. And either way, it's going to make history in America. Either abortion, either the Roe and Casey approaches, those guarantees of abortion rights are going to be overturned, which is very rare, again, because of this doctrine of stare decisis, which means the court always respects its own precedents. And not always, by the way, because, you know, we outlawed slavery after the court supported it. So obviously there's some overturning of precedent. But either the court is going to uh, overturn the its previous rulings on abortion or it's going to uphold uh, opposition to it. It's going to deny the Mississippi law, which means it's going to uphold both Roe and Casey. Either way, huge ruling this week. I can tell you that there are protests that are getting increasingly rowdy out in front of the court. There are people going on television talking about a post-row world. Uh, there are, of course, women, as there always are. There are people talking about, as there always are during these things, talking about women having to get back alley abortions. And, and they, they also grotesquely wave coat hangers in the world because, uh, coat hangers in the air because uh, it used to be that some women attempted their own abortions uh, by using a coat hanger, sticking a coat hanger in themselves. All gross, all terrible to contemplate, but this is the way the debate is conducted. So history is being made here a few weeks before Christmas in 2021. An almost 50-year history of support for abortion in America. And by the way, I should say before I close that America, the United States, has some of the most expansive laws in support of abortion uh, in the world. We are far beyond Europe. And our abortion, our support for abortion in our laws ranks with China, North Korea. It's pretty stunning. Uh, Europe is known to be fairly liberal, fairly, fairly broad in these matters, but there's not a European country which has as strident a support for abortion as the United States. The United States, because the debate has been couched as though it's a right for women. When this became a women's rights issue, it ceased being a moral, um, religious kinds of kind of issue, and it became purely a matter of take your hands off my body. When it was framed that way, the support for abortion was broader in the United States than it is for most of the world. We literally rank with China and with North Korea in our support for abortion in American law. So keep an eye on the court. Remember the word Dobbs. That's the case that being tried right now. Remember the breakdown of six conservatives to three liberals. It doesn't mean the court's necessarily going to uh, overturn Roe v. Wade, overturn Casey. But there's going to be a major ruling, and it's going to determine American law, American thinking, American tensions, American politics for at least a generation, if not a number of generations. Pray, pay attention. Big things are happening. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, 
and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.